Welcome, friends, to True Story. Uh, my name is Dave Holmes. My name is Mike Doty, and Dave. Yep. My observation mm-hmm. is that on this week's episode, what happened was they stopped being polite. They sure did. And they started getting real. They started getting real. Yeah. Uh, astonishing that being polite was at one point an option in our culture. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. I mean, because it truly, like, it's, it's, it's. It seems like I mean it's a it's a quaint and acute thing to say. Is it? Whoa, people are going to be polite. Yeah, that's that is not a thing that we've seen in years and years. No, and we won't. We we will. And it's 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 funny because I remember I remember people being angry about this show. I remember people being like it's that it represents something tawdry or something lame. Yes, um, or something that is essentially like not cultured and not kind and and whatever. It's just like a bunch of people yelling at each other in a house. Right. And from today's perspective, I mean. That is that's a little house on the prairie. Oh yeah, I mean like the uh, like I thought that that Eric was just a piece of garbage and that sure. Kevin was the angriest man in the world. Absolutely. Now watching it again, Eric seems really sweet and Kevin seems like a reasonable person. Absolutely, absolutely. A little befuddled by what's going on around him at all times. Yes. I, I my enduring picture is always him. With giant hands, uh, scratching his head. <laughs> yeah, He's yes. Always scratching his head. Yes. I guess that's like a nervous tick or whatever. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So uh, tension is really the watchword. The recap the is I'm gonna try and thumbnail this. Okay. Is uh, Becky super horny? Yes. She records a song that she's dressed like she's uh, on the Lilith Fair. Mm-hmm. I the the line and it's not a line from the song, uh, but the line that played in my head. And I'm not, and I, I think she's beautiful. I think, I think she's beautiful. I love her proportions. I love all, all of it. Yes. But, uh, but her in the tank top, that line from that Shakira whenever, wherever song where she says, lucky that my breasts are small and humble. So you don't confuse them with mountains. <laughs> yes, indeed. Popped into my head. And I think that would be a good choice for her for a cover. Well, in fact, as they are about to go out to the limelight mm-hmm. on Norman's invitation. The limelight. The limelight. Oh my God. Not she's- a mall, not a David Barton gym at the time. Oh. A real club. They, uh, she stuffs her bra. Yeah. And, um, she stuffs her bra with Dixie cups. Now, this Dixie is a cups? fun, yeah, this is a fun allusion to, uh, to Madonna's cone bra, uh, of the, uh, of Truth or Dare, which was right around this time. Uh, but, uh, but what, what Becky does is, is small Dixie cups with the circular bottoms over the, what? Over the nipples. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't catch that? I mean, yeah. it, it looked weird. It did look well. Yeah, that's what was going on. But it was very much in tune with with the club kid aesthetic of the of the moment. I suppose. Yeah. Um, what Heather said about her, which I loved, was Madonna ain't even thinking about you. Oh. You better take them things out. You better take them things out. Yes. You better take them things out. Yes. Madonna ain't thinking. Talking about, about taking them things out. Mm-hmm. Well, Madonna. Becky's a modern gal. Becky's a very modern gal. And that that I think is what they're trying to set up in this episode. She's right. very. She has that kind of. You know, fun, you know, 
dancing along the line of androgynous kind of parted hair yeah you know a fun little you know yeah. fun kind of hitler part down the, down the <laughs> front pasted down bright red lips her breast her her breast her best line Ooh. was uh he was a good kisser and a terrible lay and i lost it on his waterbed uh-huh a terrible lay yes now, this, she is speaking from the perspective of a 15 or maybe 16 year old girl yes and i like to think that she that she <laughs> is that girl who started smoking really early yes and like you know did some kind of art program in the summertime or Clearly. whatever and and had sex and she and like for you know just to like burnish her own sort of mythology like as it's going on she's like oh he's a terrible leg oh my god just so she could hear herself That's right. say that you know what i mean yeah and she says uh she says oh he was a he was a jock and i went to school with a bunch of nerds and he uh -huh. was the only cute one uh -huh. so yeah arts pro you're exactly right yep. like arts art school sure Sure. I like her. I think, I, I, I think oh, she's terrific. I'm into her. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they go to the limelight. I mean, take it away, Mike Dunn. And we, so it's it's the limelight circa 1992. It's those Club right. Kid days, like the really the peak of the limelight. And so we're watching and all of a sudden I go, wait, 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 stop, stop, rewind. Uh -huh. We rewound. Yep. Michael Alleg is in it. Yes. He He's just briefly pauses, uh, passes behind a couch. Mm -hmm. and But we pause it, and Michael Alleg yep. is legit the, on the real world. The party monster yep. murderer guy. Yep. The uh, Yeah, the guy who would go on to be played by Macaulay Culkin. There you go. And then spend a lot of time in jail, and then I guess get out of jail, and then I sort of still sort of seek fame. I, I don't yeah. exactly know what his well, story is now. Uh, I know people that are friends with him, and I've never wow. spoken about... Uh, about him with them but he like he puts on shows now i mean he does exactly what he did when he was running the limelight except mm -hmm. i think he's sober and i think he's out of jail mm -hmm. but i i don't know a goddamn thing about him right it still creeps me the fuck out to see him on the real world yeah not acknowledged and that must have been so shortly before the murder took place yeah when was the murder 93 94? yeah 93 94 i in fact when i when we rewanted, I was like, that can't be him because the murder had already yeah. occurred and yeah. he wouldn't be there. Yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's very, yeah, you can tell there are a lot of club kids in their, in their day glow yeah. glory. Yep. Uh, in fact, I think we do get a second shot of Michael Alleg or Alleg or however you say his name. Uh, and I think his butt is out. Um, oh, that's right. That, it, that yeah. is his pixelated body. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She says something, uh, in fact, in fact, what she says is, uh, "Oh, if a guy asks me about my music, I'm like, get out of your, get out of my way. You're blocking my view of the yeah. other guy." Yeah. And and as as that voiceover happens, we're looking at at what maybe Michael Alex's pixelated ass, which mm -hmm. is she's she probably wouldn't get a piece of that ass. No, and I don't no. think that's what she was looking for. He he always he was not. Uh, he was striking, but never sexual. Right, I, I wouldn't say. Like, I, I don't think I don't think any of those people presented themselves as like possessing any kind of adult sexuality. Right. Well, I think it was they were very much about drugs and yeah. frolicking. They were fucking up a storm, I think. But probably, yeah, yeah. with each other, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they they never really gave me any kind of sexual charge at all. If you're into clown makeup, I suppose. Right. That's the hottest shit imaginable. Right. right. Um, I miss D Light. Can I just say, I mean, yeah. of nothing. I mean, they, 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 to me, blended that whole yeah. thing so beautifully. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was, it was like the bright lights in the in the in the the dayglowness of of clubs, but there was something really like joyful and, and yeah. There's uh, that Wigstock aesthetic. Yes. Yeah. That was. Uh, 
so prevalent it seems so liberating mm-hmm. and um uh, you know it's i i always used to go and hear that like corny piano house music with the oh yeah yeah diva vocals yeah i yeah. love that stuff and i always got the sense at those clubs because i would either go to the jersey kids club or the gay club mm-hmm. and it, there was just this sense of these guys that were finally free and the you know mm-hmm. all the lyrics were like you know you can do it and you are great the way you are and everybody's you know, number one everybody's dancing yeah, yeah it was just this really th- there was this beautiful sort of liberated light feeling to yeah. it yeah. yeah i really like i have from these times i have like I have lyrics somewhere for a, a house song that I wanted to write called "Everybody Is Number One" in parentheses. Touch me, uh, because that was that was just everything you heard. It was just like yeah. everything is great. You are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. let's have sex. Um, but that's I, what that's what what these guys needed to hear, and it right. was it's real. That's what's beautiful about. It. Yeah, and you know what? God damn it! I'm glad we're talking about this. I'm glad we're mm. talking about the mid '90s and and that music and and gay liberation and all that kind of shit because I. I mean, that was really when I was going through my coming out, not only like as a gay person, because like by 92, 93, I'd pretty much done it. I'd come out to the family, I came out to my friends, whatever. But like my my relationship with my, like my relationship with my own perception was still something that was very complicated to me. And I think that's a Catholic thing and I think it's a Midwestern thing, whatever. But like I I was, um, I didn't, I didn't like to be in gay clubs because I didn't want to be thought of as the kind of person who liked to be in gay clubs. Like being gay, being known as a gay person didn't bother me. Right. Seeming gay or having people know it without me telling them for some reason did bother me. Like I, I was weirdly in weirdly like self-loathing and homophobic in, in ways that had nothing to do with sexuality. It all had to do with um, like how I was socialized. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you know, but one thing one thing that really occurred to me at the time was what if you're gay and you don't like the aesthetic? Yeah. You know, like yeah. like I was a huge fan of the aesthetic, mm-hmm. but like but you're you're like a modern rock guy. Like you're For college sure. radio. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite kind of music. Yeah. That's what makes me feel like liberated and makes me yeah. put my hands in the air and whatever. And there were I mean there was the East there was the Boiler Room and there was right. you know uh it's the only one I can think of right now but and they had like jukebox they had jukeboxes full of awesome, of like of soul coughing and yeah. stereo lab and like did they really oh fuck yeah yeah, yeah at yeah, the yeah. boiler room yes oh my god that yeah. makes my day oh luna and shit like it was wow. great it was great you would go in there and you would, you would hear great music 98 of the 99 cds in the jukebox would huh. be that number 99 madonna immaculate collection <laughs> and like and the chelsea boys would come over on friday and saturday nights and you would hear every fucking song oh, on madonna's immaculate collection which they're all great but like it, it drove me nuts and yeah. like yeah part part of it was like i didn't like the music part of it i was just i was torn up inside and like a giant i was like a big clenched fist inside mm. and i couldn't i couldn't relax and also i think a really big part of it is like i was 50 pounds heavier so like oh. i couldn't like i wasn't welcome it wasn't right. cool to be right. you know a big fat scruffy gay dude that's when that happened yeah the 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 body thing the wax thing oh for the, sure know. yeah that was the height of it so i felt very rejected by it and so i rejected it before i had a chance to reject me and i wish that i'd been able to just fucking get over myself and have fun well i i love that kind of stuff um i always felt like an interloper uh yeah. you know like i was i was trying to pass or something but i love that stuff even then though it occurred to me like 
if you're not into this, it's like you gotta do this shit just to get laid. You yeah. know, like I want to get laid, man. And yeah, god damn it, I have to go listen to this fucking house music. Yeah, you know, it was like it was like how I felt about Journey in the oh, seventh fuck. grade. It's yeah. like god damn it. Yeah, to- it feels very. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes, like if I'm like somewhere and there's a good DJ and they're and they, I can tell that they know about music. Yeah, and they're trying to take me on a on a on a journey somewhere. Sure. Yes, no pun intended. But like if they're trying to do something. Then that's fine, and I can hear, I can hear, and I could hear, and I still can those songs, and really like get into it. That makes me happy. Right. But when it's just like, you know, yeah. I'm, we're in a gay bar, so we have to play this. And it's just like being unimaginative. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck, fuck that. Stuff your tinsel up your ass. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't stand a bore. I can't stand a basic yeah. gay bar. Yeah, it's very basic. You know what I mean? That's it's very Lance. It's very Lance Bass. Oh yeah. Weird face. Oh god. Well, returning to sublimated homophobia. Can we talk about uh, Dirty Sanchez? We sure can. But okay. let me say first, yeah, yeah. talk about Norman. Yeah. This is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, but Norman, um, it, you know, in the sort of uh, the panoply of, of sublimated vague things he says, they're having the conversation about uh, losing virginities in which Becky says, I lost it on the waterbed and he was a terrible lay. He says, I lost my virginity at my friend lisa siegel's apartment yeah and it's like you know it's like with a dude in a different room that uh-huh. lisa siegel wasn't in sure but again it's like it's sure. like we're you know he's he's he yeah. the closet door is open and he's peeking out yep you know yeah. it's different he's like an eel yeah like he's sort of you know sometimes yep. it's the head sometimes it's the whole thing that's out yes um yeah he's uh i and i i know that very well i yeah. know that feeling very well yeah. of like Dropping little clues and whatever, right. being gender non-specific when you're talking about someone that you're seeing. I have a date with a person tonight. Oh, well, that kind of shit. Calling them they. All been there. Shit like they. That? Wow. Yeah. Or, or like, I'm kind of seeing somebody, and then the person that you're talking to being like, uh, "Where did you meet this person?" Or <laughs> like, it's such a dance. It's such a dance, and it probably still goes on. It probably goes on when you're, you know, 13 or 14 now, right. as opposed to 24. God, I hope not. I mean, that's so fucking dumb. It I is mean, dumb, but everything is dumb. Well, that's you're going, true. You're always going through some dumb thing when you're that's, figuring out. That's you know, true. When you're having a terrible lay on a waterbed. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Everybody, things are tough all over. I just feel like we're in a day, an age where. You know, if a 10-year-old calls another 10-year-old a faggot, mm-hmm. the other one can turn to him and say, that is no longer an insult. Yeah. Just jadedly. Just yeah. like, come on, buddy. Yeah, get the fuck yeah. over yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, I I remember there's a moment in this right after it, like when they get back home from the limelight. Yes. Uh, and, the, and everyone, you know, it's late at night and everyone's drunk and they're yeah. waking each other up and whatever. And it's just youthful. It's frolic and yeah. it's fun. And, I'm, and, you know, it makes me want to have a bunch of roommates. No. Like, not all the time, but like stay with oh, friends dear. in a house somewhere oh, for- dear. A long weekend. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but uh, 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 Becky is in uh, Norman's lap, and she says, I didn't meet any cute boys tonight. Right. And he says, me either. Yeah. Like that, just hearing that, just that one yeah. thing. I remember feeling like, oh, that's so... Nobody nobody laughed afterwards. Nobody right. raised an eyebrow. Right. It was just like, oh, this is just normal. And that that is... When you when you are when you are going, are going through the churn of coming out, mm-hmm. that's all you want yeah. is like... Normalcy. Yeah, yeah, just to be able to s- express yourself and just have it like yeah. come and go in the blink of an eye like everybody else's does. And of course, I mean, in, in today that that's just like a thing that passes by. Back then, that was like a like a reverberating gong oh, yeah. sound, like yeah. like that just little moment 
in the mainstream media. Oh yeah, 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 it, yeah. I mean, that was that made a big noise to me. Yes, it really did. Oh god, and still does. It was it was lovely to hear it again. It was like seeing an old friend. Oh. It really was. Well, we uh, learn a lot about the terrors of being a roommate in the early nineties. Sure, we sure uh, do. Beginning with the telephone. Oh. They had a telephone. Oh. There was one telephone, there and was everybody wanted to talk on the phone. A telephone, and and if you okay, here is the thing. If you wanted to, if you called the house, if you called the apartment, looking for, let's say Andre. Yes. And Andre wasn't there. What would have to happen was this. The person you were talking to would have to write it down. Yes. That you would call, that you had called Mm -hmm. and leave it there near the phone. Or the next time they saw Andre, they would have to say, your friend called. That doesn't happen. No. 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 You got to write it down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's. Uh, it's so like I, I there are Downton Abbey moments in this. Yeah. Show. I mean, you know what I mean? Where it just yes. honestly, I mean, it's yeah. in our lifetimes. Yeah. But it's just just that little thing. Yeah. It's so just the idea of being like, oh, I stopped by to see you and you weren't there, so right. or whatever. And, right. and like I couldn't even tell you about it until the next time I spoke to you or, or saw you out right. or whatever. Right. That is that time is just completely gone. Completely and gone. And there's like. There's a, like, what's the word that I'm looking for? There's a deliberateness of, like, yeah. seeing or talking to somebody that is very much gone now. Right now, I mean, it's, and I don't mean to be like, uh, you know, this world sucks now because it doesn't. But you, it, you, had, you made a point of seeing mm-hmm. or talking to people. Another thing. Put effort in. That, that I thought about when I thought about this taking messages thing and when Kevin left a, left a long, shitty letter for Eric. Yeah. Just airing his grievances because he couldn't say it to his face. Yeah. Um, handwriting. You oh. used to know what everybody's handwriting yes, looks like. Did. Because you would see stuff they wrote or they would leave you a message. Mm-hmm. But And that thing of a, of a roommate leaving you the long, shitty letter where they yeah. say all the bad stuff and everybody reads it yep. in the house. And and their handwriting is impenetrable, and having uh-huh. to like decipher like what does that say? Like there's yeah. this whole thing about uh, uh, pouting like a kid, and Julie thinks he says pudding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, pruding head, pruding head instead yes. of pouting kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, having to and then having to decide what you're going to do with that angry letter afterwards. Because, like, huh. of course, like, you in anger want to destroy it, rip it into a million pieces, burn it, whatever. Right. But then also you want to have it as ammunition for the next time you talk to him to be like, what did you mean by blah, blah, blah? And, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you want to yeah. have it. Like, yes. the lawyer in you wants to have it as Easy evidence at all times. Yep. Uh, did you get or give a, uh, a long, embarrassing letter <laughs> oh, in 1992? Oh, plenty. I have, you know, the, the, the girl that went to school with Kevin Powell and clearly had a crush on him mm-hmm. that made me hate Kevin Powell in the early 90s. Yeah. When she broke up with me, I wrote her this incredibly long, detailed takedown of uh-huh. her, like many pages, oh, and just shit. left it in her cubby at school. Oh, right? shit. And then we didn't speak for another 10 years. Now she's a doctor, and she lives in London, and she just had a kid, and she says she keeps it and reads it from time to time. Wow. Because she said, like, back then... She felt like I kind of got her. Yeah. And like I gave her a criticism that she actually found useful. Oh, that's... Yeah. That which must is, be a nice feeling. No, it's a... Well, for because... Her. For her. For her. For me, it was like... Like, because I just... Uh, you know, like trying to remember those days where you really could be, you know, mortally indignant that someone just 
wasn't as into you as you were to uh-huh. them. Uh-huh. Like, how dare you, yeah. madam? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's a gorgeous thing. Yeah. I don't think I ever wrote any. Um, because I think I was always aware that people might keep it around or it might come back to mm. haunt me or whatever. So Smart. I think I, I kept those things to myself. But I, I got a, like a, like a breakup, le- not a breakup letter because we had already broken up, but the first guy that I was really into, right. we dated briefly in college, my junior or senior year. And, uh, and he, um, and I guess I had talked about it to people or something. And, and again, very small school. Right. I was literally the only person who was out on campus. Right, right. So like people were starting to find out about him because, you know, this sophomore and this senior, I guess I was, were suddenly together a bunch. Right, and then right. we broke up and whatever. And I, and I was sad and I talked about it to friends and probably those conversations got around. And so he wrote me this letter. It was just so polite, but like heartbreaking. I'm just oh. like, could you not talk about me anymore? Because you're kind of <gasps> affecting my life in a bad way. Oh, wow. and whatever. Yeah. And it was like, and I read it and it was like, oh. I mean, he couldn't have been nicer, but it was like, it was something that I like, I had to get away from wow. me. I had to rip it into a million pieces and oh. put it in a trash can as quickly as I could. Oh, that's so tragic. You know, it's pretty rough. Oh my God. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty not fun. Anyway, back to the seven strangers. And back to the seven strangers. They have a house meeting. Sure. They're sitting around. As Kevin observes, half of them are wearing sunglasses. Smart move in a house meeting. (laughs) A house meeting. I really think that that's true. Like professional poker players. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that it's, yeah, I think that's smart. At some point, uh, wearing an X cap, Mm -hmm. Eric says, I was not rolling around with Becky. Becky was rolling around with me. Mm -hmm. So there's a big distinction. There's an existential boundary. I know that in his head that makes sense. Yes. I know that that makes sense. Incidentally, we had a moment, you and I, when we looked at each other because we saw that Kevin's ensemble was overalls yeah. with a tie. Overalls with a tie yes. and a sport coat yes. over the overalls. Over the overalls. It is, uh, it is, it's, it's, it's boys to men casuals. Yes, you know indeed. What I mean? It's, yes. uh, yeah, it, it's very, it's very on trend for 1992. Um, oh, and he kept, Kevin kept lighting matches. When like he, holding when his he hands bothered weird. to show up, yeah. Mike. I mean, because he wasn't there right away. People weren't even sure he was ever going to come by. Well, yeah, I mean, I seem to remember hearing somewhere that he was barely there for the shooting. Yeah. That he was like uh, barely a presence in the show, and they really had to work on editing him in. Uh Um, And if that's true, what a fucking, what a bullion cube of like great television he was if like there you go if the only things that we see are also the only times he's there right that's fucking great yeah totally he knew what the fuck he was doing he really knew what he was doing uh they also there's um and this is i I wrote this down for the last episode too we never got to it uh there are a lot of um uncredited visitors Yes. You know, everybody's got friends who are sleeping on couches or like during that, the the Cornish game hen thwarted dinner. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of people who we don't know who they are (laughs) who are sitting around the table. And I feel like rules has have to have been instituted after. Right. About who can come into the house and when and who can sleep there and who can't. You mean by the producers? By the producers. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, we talk about uh, Eric's sister coming and sleeping we never see that it's weird that there's footage of that that we never saw kevin's friend sleeping on the couch we never we never see it we never see him right um at the end of this episode as the tension is is bubbling up yeah there are uh, like kevin's got a bunch of friends there eric's got a bunch of friends there yeah like 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 they each have a posse right yeah right and by the way they're all black guys 
Yeah. Uh, like all both Eric's friends and Kevin's friends are all black guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. but light skin, but doesn't matter. Black guys. Black um guys. and uh who is the other one? Oh, uh the guy with the sort of mullet sort of Kenny G mullet yeah. thing. Who, yeah. Who is probably a bandmate in Rain Dance sitting next maybe, maybe. Or I thought he was a friend of Eric's. It could be a like, it could be just another friend Jersey of guy. Yeah, who knows? Oh, who knows? I have I have a question about Andre. Yeah. Uh, it's a straight man's question. Is Andre attractive? Uh, no, uh, it's the hair. I can't. I have a thing with long hair. I can't take. You can't do long it. Hair seriously. I I just can't. I can't see them somehow. Right. Like, I can't. I can't see them as sexual huh. somehow. It's it's a weird block for me because because looking at him, yeah, he, he's he's so yes. Handsome. The answer is yes. Objectively, yes, but I don't feel it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's what I'm asking. Is objectively, like, if you yeah, were casting a television show. Objectively, he's very handsome. But l- let me tell you something. I uh, There are interview shots from above of uh, of Eric in his bed in a tank top <laughs> and a long pillow that you know that the, the pillowcase is flannel. And it, it made me feel so many sensations. <laughs> Because Wait. I remember being in that kind of a bed that wasn't my own at around that time. Oh. And like, you know, it just, it made me feel like a young man with a bunch of textures and, and you know, someone else's skin near me for the first time. And it just, it re- like looking at that, it, just, it, yeah. it really, I had a billion sense memory yes. moments. Yes. And he's a ridiculously attractive man. Oh, he's insane. Yeah. That I feel. Him like I on, feel. The, on the Kinsey scale, I'm like a 0.5. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I fucked that guy. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's he's one of those who transcends. Mm. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think if Eddie Vedder had short hair, I would be very attracted to him, but I just never, oh. never have had that moment with huh. him. Um, Matt Dillon in, in singles. I love Matt Dillon, except like in that movie, it's like right. I can't see him. He's invisible to me. It's yeah. very strange. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I'm sorry, Andre. Yeah. No, but he's, uh, Andre, he's very handsome. And I and I can only imagine he has short hair now. <laughs> yeah. Well, right? I mean, that he might have a, no hair now. These people are older than us. It's true. Yes. Yeah. It's very true. Uh, yeah. He could, uh, yeah, who the hell knows? Yeah. I heard he's in a, uh, he's out here and in a, uh, a bluegrass band. That is what I've heard. Uh, I don't. I don't have any verification. That, on that makes but. perfect sense. Out here being Los Angeles, out for the here viewer being Los Angeles. Right, right, right. We are recording these in Los Angeles. Yes, but who knows? I mean, we'll, this show will eventually go on the road. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. the live uh, Albuquerque mm-hmm. taping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, um, I, I wrote this down because I think that we might have seen in this episode the first recorded, uh, unscripted um, saying of "That's just the way I am." Like Eric talking huh. about, like if you disrespect my sister, I'm like, huh. really mad. That's just the way I am. Because this show has become all of reality television has become right. You telling right. the viewer how you are, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, before you have a chance to to like illustrate it, because you may never have that chance. You might get right. eliminated right away. Whatever. But yeah, this was uh, that's just the way I am. That there was like go. the first. This might have been the moment that you know reality TV became self aware. Sentient. <laughs> You know? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just thought that was really interesting, and I and I wrote that down. The uh, other thing I wanted to say is just how much I love Heather. Oh my gosh! And how she's like fantastic. the voice of reason. She's fantastic. Yeah, and like when she's talking to Julie about the about the letter, and she's like, and they're still not going to talk. Uh huh. And like she just has this kind of sage like yeah. presence. Yeah. Yeah. Which she expresses in in a beautiful speaking voice. 
Yeah. Like she's got a, 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 yeah. a tone that's pleasing to the ear. Like a weariness to her mm-hmm. to her vibe. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. she's so great. She's terrific. Yeah. Uh, that is why I get so excited when I see her in real life. You know what I mean? I just really yeah. I feel a closeness to her, yeah. which I, I would imagine millions of people do, and that's got to be very strange. Um, I want to talk about uh, the content of this letter. Yes. Right? Um, and and there, there have been moments throughout these four episodes so far where Kevin says something. Th- which, uh, like, where Kevin will mention having to work harder, or like coming from where I, right. I'm from, I have to do this, right. or like, you know, you don't understand how how hard I have to work, or whatever. Or in this in this letter, your life is valued more than mine. Right. That is now like he kind of led the conversation on race. Yeah. That's what we're talking about now is white privilege. Oh yeah. We're talking about you know black lives being you know more expendable than white. Oh yeah. And what, like that. I mean, this is what. 23 years later that is what we're talking about now and and it's and if you don't listen then it's it is you know you can't not listen like you have to you have to engage this conversation every single person right including many of the the black people in eric's posse and heather and whatever are just like get over it everybody's just like oh what do you mean i I work hard right what do you mean your life is worth more than mine or my life is worth more than yours or whatever Get out of here with that. Literally everybody dismisses yeah. that argument. I one, one thing that I was kind of shocked, somewhat disappointed in myself about was I thought, obviously I had the, my girlfriend has a crush on him bias, but I just thought, oh, Kevin's a fucking dick. He's just yeah. a dick and he's just, you know, trying to be mean to people. And I, now I, I listen to him. I'm like, absolutely everything he says makes perfect sense to me. Sense. He seems like a super calm guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just kind of shocking. Like, holy shit. The, yeah. the, the country has moved in the direction of Kevin Powell. Yeah. Like, yeah. Powell word. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he might be a little angry or he might have, you know, what is perceived as he's a chip a on his shoulder. He's yeah. a, he's a kid and B he's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. got a reason to be, yeah. to be angry and frustrated. And and it's it's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy that the real world didn't lead the conversation on race <laughs> or whatever. But I mean, but the riots were not right. long after that, right? right? It, it was it during. It might have been during. It might. In fact, that might be coming up. They yeah. might watch the. Oh, I think that might be what sparks some big uh, argument or something. Well, at some point, oh, Julie boy. says to him, "Well, I think you're just better, and I think you don't like white people." Right. And. That I was just like, oh, that's so fucking stupid. And yeah. people really said that. Oh, sure. In I my lifetime. Yeah. You know, and I I probably said the same fucking thing. I oh, mean, sure. I can't completely separate that consciousness from mine. Yeah. And if you have a conversation about race with anybody five years older than us, yeah. they still say that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still say, you know, yeah. you're being, you've got a chip on your shoulder. Right. Uh, you know, you should... Uh, talk to your own community about your problem with crime or whatever. Right. Which, what does that even exactly. mean? Yeah, what yeah. does that mean? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's really crazy how how I mean we have come kind of far. We haven't solved anything, but like conversation no. wise, we've come kind of far. Conversation, better conversation. I mean, now. you got to say like like going back, knocking on the door is hi. I'm from the future. Uh, black president, gay marriage is legal. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, Can you imagine? I, yeah. It's it, it's just stunning. Yeah. Interesting episode then. Yeah. And and there is there is more tension to come. Oh, hell yeah. I and mean, obviously this one ends on a cliffhanger. Bit of a cliffhanger, yeah. Bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, Eric saying he better guard his grill. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he's tapping a business card on the table mm-hmm. in a way that's really agitated and menacing. really repetitive. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't think that the that 
Kevin sitting at the table and staring and Eric hitting the thing. I don't think those happened at the same time at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they're yeah. edited together for yeah. maximum drama. That's fine. That's just good TV producing. Absolutely. That is. Uh, but yeah, so we end. There's going. There's going to be a fight on a stoop. Boom. On five at five sixty five. Th- this is one of the great moments where we're, we're standing on the verge of, of watching history. Okay. Well, let's all watch it. Let's we'll meet do you it. right back here. See ya. Feral audio.